to the cloud, it tells me. Um, so yeah, so basically what we're gonna do is just kind of talk about, the main thing will be la your experience at Boston last year because Boston's a great race and you had a pretty unique and cool experience, but also just kind of want to get to know about you as an athlete, uh, how you got to that starting line to begin with, mm -hmm. how one becomes a member of the, you know, the elite women's field, um, how, and just that whole process about Kate, the coach, Kate, the runner, Kate, the person, um, all things Kate. All right. So let's, uh, <laughs> let's, let's showcase, uh, you because you're a pretty awesome person and, we're happy to have you on our team. We're lucky to have you on our team. And let's, let's talk a little bit running because we're also runners and that's what runners like. <laughs> All righty. So yeah, today we're going to talk, uh, I literally just going to repeat what I said. We're going to talk about Coach Kate and her experiences with the 2019 Boston Marathon. Coach Kate, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for giving me the time and space to talk about Boston and running and yeah, connect with everyone right now. Yeah, and where, where are you checking in from? So I'm in uh, Brooklyn, New York. Um, this is where I live and work and run. So it's an interesting time uh, to do all of those things. So for the most part, I'm quarantined to my apartment um, just south of the Brooklyn Bridge. Uh, I'm getting out for a run six days a week, uh, wearing a bandana on all of my runs now, um, you know, doing the likes awkward dance trying to get away from people on the sidewalk and um yeah I mean I'm not doing any workouts or pushing myself in any kind of like way that I would have before but still like running a decent amount and like doing one long run on the on the weekend and um because I'm not taking the subway anymore like running is like one way for me to see the city so that's mm -hmm. that's been really fun and um yeah just like reframing it like if the streets are empty it can actually like this morning um i went past ground zero and i was the only person there um like i had the whole place to myself which was just like kind of incredible mm -hmm. kind of eerie, eh? yeah kind of eerie and um also like you're just never going to get like one of the like biggest cities on earth to yourself so yeah yeah reframing like how you look at things like I don't want it to be like this right now, but um, yeah, it's like just approaching it with like a different mindset. Yeah. I think a lot of people have had to do that, that kind of re recalibration, that reframing of their running. So when you are running, like, is that, is that a cleansing? Is it a, is it a like stick into your routine? You mm -hmm. know, I mean, obviously every run's unique and different in its own, but like your overall sense of the why of your running right now, like, what could you put that in some words? Yeah, I mean, I think if I didn't go out for a run, I would be inside all day. And, and like, kudos to anyone who does, like, that home workouts. I think that's great. That's not really how, you know, I get my kicks. So I like to, like, movement, like, through running is, like, a way for me to, like, feel, you know, a little bit more like myself. I feel probably the happiest that I do all day, like, right after yeah. I finish my run. Um, and then, yeah, just like you were talking about, like, hitting sort of a quota of hours in the week. Like, I'm just every week, like, trying to get my mileage to equal 100 kilometers, which is, sort like, totally arbitrary. And But that's just what I've done, like, over the last six weeks that I've been um, working from home or quarantined from home. Um, and that's, like, given me, like, a strange 
like math problem and like gives me something like on Friday, like, okay, how many kilometers do I need to run over the next three days? Um, so that's been helpful. Yeah. It kind of keeps, can keep your head occupied <laughs> in other realms of the world. So obviously you're in, you're in the, you're in New York city. So that city has been hit real hard. So what does the running look like in terms of like, uh, citywide, like rules or, you know, obviously you said you're running with them with, uh, with a, with the bandana on. So what does it look like? What is the messaging to the citizens of New York in regards to exercise in general? Cause I feel like a lot of people are having this like mixed messages sometimes. So what is the messaging towards New York city, like getting out for a run? Yeah, I think that it's, it's still safe for anyone to go outside, to walk, to run, to ride a bike. Um, if you do it solo, yeah. uh, now there's, um, I believe, a citywide mandate that everyone needs to wear a face mask um, to encourage like that, uh, like if you can't social distance. Yeah. Um, and then just, you know, like because the streets are empty, like you do have a little bit more room if you run in a neighborhood, there aren't any cars, you can run in the middle of the road. Um, but there are more people running. Like I haven't gone to like, any of the parks in weeks because there are more recreational runners out, which is great, but then you're just like in a crowd of people, which defeats the purpose. Yeah. Um, and then just, you know, like running is something like, yeah, it makes me feel like myself, but also like sometimes it's a, a reminder that everything is not okay. You know, like it's not busy. Um, I'm wearing a mask. Uh, <laughs> You know, like it can actually feel like a little bit sad um, as well. So that's, I don't know, like, it's just like something that, you know, you're thinking about, like a lot of people are really sick and really hurting or out of jobs. And um, yeah, like when you are out running through that city, like you're experiencing it with everyone else and just, you know, taking it day by day and, and trying to get through it. Yeah, it's, and yeah, like you're saying, it can running can provide an escape until you re until you have a second of clarity sometimes like oh gosh yeah. like, it's it, it's 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 been interesting even in vancouver like yeah like the streets are quieter so like i i'm the same as you i'm avoiding pacific spirit park so in for the most part because people are getting out and i love that people are getting out and they're using exercise as a way to you know cleanse their cleanse their mind or just do something but yeah. it's, it's again, I like, I go in the trails now and I feel anxiety because I'm afraid of people. <laughs> like I don't, so I'm, I'm on city streets and it's actually quite nice to discover the city in that regard. Like I had an athlete yesterday who did his K repeats around Granville Island. Like, like, <laughs> I would never thought about that. He's like, yeah, Granville Island's quiet. So I ripped around just like that's really, so it, it provides, it's, it's a silver lining, I suppose. But so it's, and running is running. Is, it's, it's nice to have running. So how, how like yeah what's what is your history with with running how did you get into running um you know when was your introduction how did your introduction start so let's let's start back from i don't know how young kate younger kate <laughs> getting into the sport what did that look like um yeah i mean i i can give sort of a condensed version of that but i probably i started running the same way a lot of canadian kids start running but um you know the cherry fox run in the fall Nice. Um, elementary cross-country races. Um, I have two brothers and I really loved to beat them 
um, like in anything that I could. Like, so I, it, running was something that I did and I was good at it. And, you know, maybe the fastest in my class or the school or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. But I grew up in Northern Ontario in Kenora. So pretty small town. Um, I didn't realize you were from Kenora. Yeah. That's real far north. It is. Jeez Louise. Yeah. So I grew up, uh, yeah, um, playing soccer and hockey. Hockey was sort of like the sport that I was totally mad about. Um, And yeah, my my goal in life was to become a Canadian Olympic hockey player. Um, And yeah, like that was really like, even in the summer I would run because I thought it would help me in my hockey season. like whether, you know, like in grade eight, grade nine, like that kind of thing. Um, Played basketball, volleyball, any kind of sport that I could. Um, And then, yeah, we we didn't have um, like any kind of formal like athletics program. So I had like one math teacher that helped me get into a cross country race in Thunder Bay. So my mom drove me like five hours to go run a 5k, (laughs) like, meet there um but that was like my only experience with like organized running until like way later in my 20s um and then I actually ended up going to school um in upstate New York on a um athletic scholarship and I played division one hockey um so yeah pardon what school was it uh Union College so we played yeah I knew you were a kick-ass hockey player I didn't realize that you uh you went to school there yeah um and it was a great experience um but yeah like during that time like I still um would run around like the perimeter of the school and um one season I actually like joined the track team um but the rest of their sports were d3 so I did like one 1500 meter race and um you know, like it was just something that I like to do, but it wasn't yeah. until after I graduated, I was living in Atlanta, Georgia. And, um, I think I had a boss or someone at the time who was into running marathons. And that was just something that I, I sport was missing in a big way for my life. Um, you know, after you graduate and you, you come from this like organized yeah. uh, side of things and like, you're just kind of like grasping at like, okay, who am I? Like, I want to still be healthy, push myself. Um, Those were all like part of things that like I loved to do. Um, So I signed up for my first marathon and I ran the Nashville marathon in 2008. Um, And then Chicago after that. And so actually my first Boston marathon was in 2009. Oh, geez. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, then I left right after that on a trip around the world for a year with, with, uh, just like following summer with a backpack and ran wherever I could, wherever I landed. Um, where was, where was some, where were some, you know, some memorable runs from that trip? What were some of the cool places? Um, probably some of the cooler places were, um, I went to Nepal, so I got to run around Kathmandu, which was really incredible. And I did the Everest Base Camp track there. No, no um, way. Yeah, that was really amazing. That's some um, high altitude training right there. Yeah, that, and like I didn't know really like what, but I remember like hearing um, that they had a marathon there, which I thought was really interesting because I had kind of you know become 
like more interested in the sport. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like definitely like I was, um, learning like the different characters within running, like, you know, like following like the Dina casters of the world and, um, yeah, like even just like all of those stories, like the first time you go to Boston, like you learn about Catherine Switzer and Bobby Gibb and these kind of things that like, if you don't grow up in the sport, like you're not, um, necessarily, they're not like ingrained in you the way like hockey was, or, you know, like some of these like heroes that I had. Yeah. Um, Cause it's not so much on like sports center or it's, yeah. you know, it's a lot yeah. of them are running is running is it, it's a huge community but it's it's fairly niche you have to be in it to kind of know it right yeah um so yeah so you you're doing your around the world trip and then you get back uh you go back to atlanta um i i moved back to toronto and so when i was in toronto that's when i um started running with nicole stevenson's group the angels i remember that yeah i remember that group Yeah. yeah So I, um, yeah, I mean, like I had run like a 309 marathon, you know, 40 kilometers a week, not knowing what I was doing. And uh, I emailed Nicole and I said like, hey, here's my story. And she had actually coached Krista Duchenne. And um, she was like, yeah, I, I like coaching hockey players. Like, I think there's something like interesting there. Um, So I joined her, her team and yeah, like quickly, like within a year, like all of my times dropped. Um, like it wasn't long after that, like I broke three hours and, you know, started running faster in the half running. Um, yeah, just like more mileage, more structured workouts. Um, and then through Nicole, I kind of got interested in coaching. So like taking my whole like lifetime experience as an athlete mm-hmm. and thinking about like, okay, like, there are other people, other adults, um, and specifically like um, new moms, like people who I was working with at Maple Leaf Sports and Entertainment who wanted to train for a half marathon, for example. Um, so I started coaching around that time too, like around 2012 or so. Um, yeah, and then um, then I had a crazy idea that I saw um, other Canadians were doing, and they were going to Kenya to train. <laughs> So I decided that 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 would be something that I would like to do as well. Um, so yeah, like, I mean, I'm just fast tracking like a bunch of years, but I ended up going 2015 to E10 and nice. um, stayed there for six weeks. And then afterwards on a whim, I um, climbed Mount Kilimanjaro and went on a really nice safari and uh, came back to Toronto and then, um, Michael and I, my partner, we moved to Vancouver that spring. And uh, shortly after that, I got linked up. And I'm coaching this entire time, but I mm-hmm. linked up with Miles Marathon and yourself and, and Dylan and um, really probably found like a whole other gear um, with my own training and coaching in person. Um, yeah, and then two years ago, Michael and I moved to New York City for job opportunities and um, in a way like a lot of the time spent here has been running on my on my own so I like didn't have the, this wonderful group that I had in Toronto I didn't have the support system that I had in Vancouver um, 
so that was really tough like to mm-hmm. make that shift but um i stuck with it continued to get faster ran a 240 in chicago um, that's no joke yeah that was so fun that was so 240 to chicago um what was your goal heading into chicago uh, you know i've never i had this goal for a while i think at like two marathons to break 245 and a year before that i i didn't do that in berlin i ran a 247 or so um but that was like a goal you know like this mm-hmm. something like i was striving for um but yeah i think like i was training in like extreme heat in new york city if anyone's been here in the summertime it's humid crazy it's really tough um so i don't even know if like myself or dylan really had an idea of like the kind of fitness i was gaining through some of those workouts um and the whole race the whole time in chicago it it was drizzling and i just felt great i love that that's why i tell people to run like a spring marathon for like an experience because Mm -hmm. you're training for the winter and especially up in canada right you never know. You're gonna, you're going. You're probably gonna miss some training due to just crappy weather in Canada. But then in the fall is when you try to run fast because yeah, yeah you train through the summer. But like humidity, like in New York City or Ontario, like that's like that's like altitude training. So it's like <laughs> it's like you just go off effort. You run hard, and sometimes you don't really know how fit you are because yeah. of the weather is such like a a factor. And then you get this cool, cool like early fall day and if it your body's just like wow this is nice and then you can have experiences like chicago where you're just out there like this is fantastic and chicago is it's a great course great atmosphere so Mm -hmm. you can you can go so what year when was that that was like 20 2018 yeah yeah um and actually like i should probably add that there was another nugget like carrot i should say that I had told Dylan like one of my like crazy goals um, because I had been to Boston in 2009 and that would be like 10 years later to like, I went in 2016 and I won the women's open field. So I was 25th overall, like the first woman in like the masses. That's awesome. Um, But I really wanted to run in the women's elite field. Um, And kind of like, it's one of those things. It's, it's like, because it's there, like it's the same thing with ever space camp or, you know, um, Kilimanjaro. Uh, so Dylan had found out like what time I would need to run to get into that field. And it was like two forty-two, kind of thing mm-hmm. that was like in the back of my mind. Um, but then like when I did it, I was like, no, I'm going like, that's, this is why we did this. Oh, that's so wonderful. Yeah. So I, I, I love that. Cause like, you know being an athlete you run a ton of races I've run a ton of races and it's like those races when you really nail it I -hmm. feel they're so kind of few and far between like in my own career I can think of three times where I finished a race and I was like good that was perfect (laughs) like like I I, like I'm happy I'm completely 100% satisfied that was a great race like it doesn't happen like I've, I've had a lot of good races I've had very very few great races so was that was that Chicago, like, this one of those days where we're just, like, that was, that couldn't have gotten any better? Yeah, and I think, I think, um, you know, like, between, yeah, I, I've, I've heard you say that before, and I've heard, like, I mean, Dylan also, 
emphasizes this that like you kind of have to like really appreciate you know that those don't Mm -hmm. come around that often um and i would say like a year fast forward a year later i ran i was way way i would say like more fit going into toronto and i had such a bad race such a tough experience um and that just like makes me appreciate you know that i have like other moments within this crazy sport to like reflect on you know like the good and the bad yeah absolutely i mean the bad ones make the good ones that much better because especially in the marathon you know the marathon is such a challenging event because you trained so hard but on the day like there's yeah there's 42 kilometers of unknowns gonna happen in front of you right you can you control the best you can but can't control the weather can't control you know a bad bottle state you know it's like so when you when you do nail it you just gotta really it's like when when an athlete of mine runs a PB, it's like I did this, but it's like no buts, no. not allowed any buts. Like for <laughs> we'll, we'll maybe in a week or two we'll come back, we'll circle back on that. But for now, just you run as fast as you've ever run, enjoy it. Yeah. Uh, and then afterwards, you're like okay, we could do this better, and then you can go on. This is like the running. It's the running mentality. Yeah. It's like it's like cool, and then what? And then what? And then what? Um. So when you were in, I just want to go back to when you were in Kenya, when you went to went to, into E10. Were you at Lorna's camp? Yeah, exactly. Um, so did you have any takeaways in terms of like run philosophy or things like little tidbits? What was your biggest takeaway from going to Kenya? Was it a lifestyle thing? Was it, yeah, I'm always interested because I never got to go to Kenya and I've always wanted to. I wish I did at some point in my career. So I'm always, I'm, a lot of people have gone. So like, yeah, what were your takeaways from that experience? Yeah, I mean, like the first one, I think it's like, in any time that you have the opportunity, if you're privileged enough to travel, there's like the experience itself, like mm-hmm. that alone, you know, like I went, I went on my own. Um, there were other Canadians there at the time. Um, there were other like really great runners there at the time. Um, like Des Linden was there. Um, Lanny Marshaw. Um, yeah, just some really like strong yeah women runners um and then just like people from all over the world so that was interesting um but I had um a pacer like you know some like a local who had actually he was from South Sudan but he met me every morning at six ten, and it was still dark out like he'd be in the same spot um and we would do whatever we would do that morning and then he would meet me at 4 p.m. exactly like he didn't wear a watch but he was like always there (laughs) um and there's just something like I I don't think like there's anything as beautiful as like a sunrise in Kenya and like if you love running that should be something that's on your bucket list to experience it um you know like the smells the feeling those the sounds um yeah and like I think that that's like when I left like why I felt like I like cried as I was driving away you know in this Mm -hmm. old beat up van because you don't know if like you'll ever get an opportunity to go back there and like you're grateful that you got to see it and experience it but um yeah and just like anytime like that was not a, a comfortable experience for me like I you know had some like stomach sickness um crazy workouts on this insane track and like you know you have no right to be there but 
you can also just like tell yourself that you belong for an hour or whatever. Um, so yeah, I, I'm a big fan of like anyone who wants to like do something that's maybe like people might question like, well, why are you doing that? Like you're like, I, I was not at the time, like, like, I think I'd run a 250 or something, um, like way out of my league, but who cares? You know? Yeah. Who cares? (laughs) Absolutely. Right. All right. Now I got to go to Kenya. (laughs) I've always been so like, yeah, I just look at admiration of what that my brother used to go to Kenya before all those camps were established and everything and Whoa. just like that lifestyle and and also the physical beauty of the place right because traveling yeah. is fantastic and yeah. when you go and travel and see the world obviously you've done that quite extensively yeah. um, so obviously you come back to Kenya uh, you come back from Kenya you go on you run 240 in Chicago so then you set your sights on you set your sights on Boston Boston 2019 so yeah. Dylan had this you know quote unquote times like 242 is probably going to get you in the how did how did the process of getting into the elite field go uh so yeah there's um yeah it's, it's really like pretty simple but you send an email to the um like the athlete coordinator Mary? Uh, i didn't actually hear from them for a while i think it was wayne okay. um, oh yeah 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 wayne yeah yeah and uh so I didn't hear from him for like a number of weeks and um, that was kind of like, oh, maybe it's not going to happen. And then I think right around Christmas time, I got a response back and it said, you know, it was like one of those emails that you're just like, I'm so excited to open and um, yeah. Your heart like, start pumping a little bit? Yeah. Just like, this is going to happen. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Really. And then I was kind of not hesitant or like um shy to tell people but I wasn't you know I was just kind of like telling like my closest friends because it felt like um yeah I had earned that and like it was something that I'd like had you know it was this like goal for like probably a couple years Mm but um yeah it just felt like okay who am I to like do this but um here I am I'm doing it yeah, you earned it, right? I, but yeah, I, I know, I know what you're saying, right? Because once that happens, like, oh, this is real now. Yeah, now I have to do it. It's it's so funny when you set a goal, you set a goal, and then when you get to it, it's like sometimes you're like, no, okay, <laughs> and now I'm in it. I'm you know, like something you've dreamed of, and you visualize, and you're there, and then like, you just kind of like these two worlds collide of your dream world, and now your reality takes control, and then you got to go from there and live yeah. it. Um, so. So you found out about Christmas, obviously it's an April race and, and this yeah. time you're in New York city. So, um, what is, what is training through a New York winter look like? Uh, you know, the winter here is, is quite mild. Um, you know, it's gray and like, it does get cold, but like, I think it, there was snow on the ground like two or three times. So no, it's not bad. It, it was not, you know, like training in Toronto. And I also just want to add that like, yeah, this was my goal. And it was like, I think it's kind of like the, exactly the same when I think about like an athlete's journey to get to Boston, um, that like they, their goal and like signing up online, you know, waiting to hear if they got it. It's like exactly the same, like in every single way. Mm-hmm. Um, so like that process and that journey, it's, it's just like, yeah, maybe like our times are different, but it's the same. 
you know, yeah. like it's the same like rush and like, it's the same like reason why, like it, there is a lot of heartache when you think about the race not happening on Monday because people have been dreaming about this. Oh, uh, it's, it's, it, it is, it's, it's really frustrating because it's, as a coach, you see the work, you see, yeah. you see the yeah. mental work, you see the physical work, you yeah. see just And for the race everything. before to qualify. Yeah. 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 Well, that's the thing, right? You got, yeah. you got to like, you got to bust your butt just to have a chance to bust <laughs> yeah. your butt again. And so it's, yeah, like as, as a coach, like when people hit that BQ, like you know how much it means. Like when people hit any goal, right? Anytime an athlete sets a goal and then you see the work they put in and when they hit that goal, there's no, there's no better feeling. And so it's just, it's, it's awesome that they hit the goal to get there. But then for that opportunity to be kind of put on pause for now, it it is frustrating and it it is sad. And, you know, it's, it's been, it's been cool it's been uplifting to see people being able to process it and, and manage it um, and be resilient to be like, like, I mean, that's what being a, being a successful runner, you have to have this ingrained resiliency and, and along the way of chasing goals, you're going to have, you know, you're going to have failure and you're going to have time. So you also have the ability to manage disappointment. So, you know, unfortunately this was a disappointment out of our control, but people, I feel like, for the most part, people have managed it fairly well. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. So, um, were you was Dylan right in your training as you were as you're heading towards Boston? Yeah. Um, so I think we had. Um, I actually went back and looked because I knew we were going to have this conversation. So good. Anyway, it's it's funny to go back um, when you're not in a marathon cycle and look at what you did. It looks totally insane. Like, I don't know if that happens to you. <laughs> oh, absolutely, absolutely. Every so often, I'll put like a couple workouts together. But, like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get really fast again. Then I look at like what I did. And I was like, I, I'm, I'm retired. I'm, done. <laughs> I'm okay with this. Yeah. So I had that moment today. Um, I was just like, what, what? Okay. I thought I was like kind of fit right now. So no, not even. Not even. <laughs> um. Yeah. I mean, like. Dylan really wanted to, after Chicago, we just, um, we focus more on like how to run the course, mm. like how to run the course well. And so yep. um, I think like some of the bigger workouts, like even just like no- noting them, like every other week, there was um, like a true marathon race pace, like effort kind of run, like a tempo. Um, and I, when I moved to New York, I'm, I'm, switched my watch from kilometers to miles you and cross, you cross the border and go <laughs> yeah and, and like honestly like and well dylan uh like has spent lots of time here and has trained in miles so it's fine but mm-hmm. uh, and then i coach americans and canadians so it, it you kind of need to know both oh yeah uh, when i was an athlete everything was miles yeah i only i only i only converted to kilometers was from coaching canadians yeah okay yeah <laughs> um so we did uh like marathon race pace, long runs in Central Park. Um, so I had a 10, 10 miles and two weeks later, 13, two weeks after that, 15 miles. Um, and those were like all an effort on the hills in, in Central Park. Um, so those made deceptively hilly. Deceptively hilly. Yeah. And like an incredible place to run. There's water fountains and yeah. Um, yeah, there's places around the park. The New York Roadrunners has this great like run hub. You can put all your stuff there. 
Um, and then I did also workouts where it'd be like a flat tempo and then hills, like a whole bunch of hill repeats and then another tempo, which were just gross. Um, <laughs> the last six miles in Boston, you need that. Yeah. yeah. So those were really like probably like, I, I don't know, like there, those are like five big, big runs. Um, mm-hmm. And like, I'm kind of speaking for like what I did in training and like Dylan was the coach, like, whereas like I also coach runners to train for Boston and like, it might not look like this, but this was like what my experience was like. um, And what I will say is like, yes, I've, you know, coached for eight years and have a lot of like thoughts on it, but in my own training, like I just throw like all control you know to Dylan and like just I'm like just follow along and like check things off the list or you know like I I really don't want to have to think about it yeah and I I think that's I think there's so many runners out there who have you know what you gotta like it's it's, I I find it really hard to coach yourself yeah it's just like like you know what you should be doing but for whatever reason it's just it's hard to write your own because it's nice to have another set of eyes on it or something. Yeah. It's, it's something about the accountability, something about just giving control to someone else, something about, you yeah. know, I don't know, but like I'm the, I'm the exact same way. When I want to get serious, I need someone else to tell me what to do. I think everyone needs a coach. Like I'm not just like, because I'm a coach, but I think every single runner needs a coach. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I find that like, yeah, it's just like, I will tend to lean towards my strengths and avoid my weaknesses or, or yeah, just, just, lack of like you're it's easier to I don't know maybe this is a personal thing it's like if I'm only accountable to myself I I can be easy on myself sometimes but when I'm you're accountable to someone else you're like oh man I don't want to disappoint coach Dylan (laughs) but um so obviously what was your what was your volume overall like you know what was your week you know right now you're running you know 60 60 miles 62 miles a week what are your uh what was Um, your volume I was running, um, I don't know, like, I actually have never talked to Dylan about this, which I think is funny, but um, there were, like, some weeks where it might look like I did, like, 130K, but, like, combined with the Sunday before, it was, like, 160, so the athlete may not know that they just ran 100 miles, or, yeah. yeah it's, miles. like, within that, within that bubble, yeah. that seven, yeah, exactly. So, but I actually don't know, like, I've never asked him that, so he can answer that later. Around um, 130. So I had a few weeks like that. Um, but, yeah, if you looked at it, like, you know, the runner's week, Monday to Sunday, um, like around 144 kilometers, 140. It's a lot. Uh, it's like 90 miles. Yeah. And uh, longest long run? Oh, it was 24 miles. And... Um, yeah, that was a few days after I did a 5K. So okay. that was kind of gross. A progression run in Central Park. <laughs> a 24-mile progression run in Stanley Park. Sorry, in, in, in Central, Central Park. Park. That would be gross. Yeah, that was gross. And then one of my last, last long runs was um, I went to Boston and stayed with my friends, uh, Lauren and Travis. And, uh, oh, yeah, in her voice. Yeah, yeah. And so Lauren and I ran almost the whole course. So maybe like a 38k run. But it was super easy and 
we only pushed like marathon effort up the hills. Okay. And, uh, it was so fun. It was so packed and busy. There were water stations set up. Like this is like three weeks before the race. So no I guess, way, really? Yeah. Boston's incredible. Boston, the, that's, that's why I, I love, that's why Boston Marathon is my favorite of the majors because yeah. it's probably the least major city that hosts yeah. it, but it's the, the show up and the buy-in from the, the community is, is ridiculous. It's, yeah. it's, I've never, I've never like just the way the city comes together. Like you'll be from any, and they're so proud of it. Like mm-hmm. a, any major I've been to, the city has really, they embrace the event, but Boston is, it's, I think, I think Boston are just friendly people and, and they just love sports. I don't know, but they're super proud <laughs> of their race. And uh, yeah, uh, I agree. Um, so heading into the heading into obviously we're getting your, you know, your smash your training through the winter. Um, confidence levels. Where's your head at as you as racing is approaching? Um, yeah, I think I think like the whole cycle. It wasn't about, and I know this can happen for some athletes where you put so much pressure on yourself that you want like the whole thing to be perfect, you know? And I think because I had run Boston twice before I'd been as a fan as well, that, um, yeah, I didn't like, I didn't expect myself to run a time there or to like place, you know, a certain place or like I had no like pressure. I just like wanted to do what I needed to do in the weeks leading up um there were like a few runs like I don't know if this has ever happened to you for like I don't I don't know but like where when you finish you almost feel like emotional because it's like you're so probably you just like have a lot of emotions or you're really tired um but I had a few of those like moments where I just like was so proud of myself or like how far I've come or you know my things I don't know oh yeah I kind of call it like run drunker you know (laughs) Like, yeah, I, but I know exactly what you're saying. Like, you put an all-out effort. Like, yeah. it's, it's, it just, it's, the emotions get going and it, the adrenaline and, yeah. and the endorphins and they all mix together. And the next thing you know, you're crying. <laughs> you're like, I don't know. <laughs> that sounds really weird. Like, if someone hasn't had that happen to them before, that's probably so strange. But um, I guess, yeah, like, when I think about, like, that's how I guess, like, when I think about, like, what Monday is going to be like for people. And I, I've told everyone who is supposed to run on Monday, like, to go out and run whatever amount they need to. Like, not a marathon, but, like, an hour, hour and a half. Yeah. And, like, feel everything they need to feel. Because I think it's, like, part of, like, the process, you know? Like, they're not going to get that, like, what they had hoped for um on april 20th this year yeah i I agree because it's a date they had circled on their calendar right um and it's okay like i i talked to a lot of athletes and they're like i feel so bad being upset about this because there's so much bigger things going on like yeah but that was the biggest thing you had going on so it's it's okay to be upset about it and it's okay to mourn it and process it yeah like do what you have to do to have i don't know if closure is the word or you know just to to make it okay and like and like like that just go for a run running's great like that running running serves so many purposes <laughs> um i was i was talking to genevieve my wife the other day and i was like i'm okay that i don't have to go and bust my butt for 26 miles in a week i don't think i'm there right now but yeah yeah so um so the race on monday obviously uh when do you head to boston 
you just take the train down? I took the train. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, Michael ran the 5k on the Saturday, which is amazing. Nice. And, um, yeah, it was like a great weekend. Mile to marathon had a great crew out on the Sunday morning for shakeout run. Mm -hmm. Um, we went to the elite athlete meeting. Um, Dylan came to that with us. That's when it always hits real for me when you go to the technical meeting. Yeah. With the technical. Like, okay, it's on. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then it was nice, like Krista was there, um, Alan Brooks was there. So it was nice to see some familiar faces. Um, yeah, and just like, I think it was like the day of the Masters. So Tiger Woods had won that day. It was like, this, you know, epic sports moment. Um, nice distraction. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Monday morning we got up and... Uh, wait a second, wait a second. Oh. Very important, very important question pre-race meal what's what are you what are you eating on sunday uh i don't remember what i had <laughs> i probably had like now when i think back um yeah i mean i always eat pasta before a race so um i guess it was like not memorable it so. was fuel it's when you're it feeding fuel. for fuel pasta is yeah. good for that yeah all right. So what is your, what is your, what is your race day routine look like? Uh, Monday morning. Yeah. Race day. Um, Patriots day. Here we go. Here we go. Um, I mean, Boston is an interesting one because you have to get up so early and like, you really are not going to start your race for, you know, three, four or five hours. Mm-hmm. So similar to New York city. Um, that way but like Chicago you get up you roll out of bed walk over to the start and like you go I think it's like 7 a.m or whatever um so that's like an interesting part of the experience um we all met at the hotel where like the John Hancock elite athletes so like um, Copley Fairmont Copley yeah the 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 athletes all board on a coach bus which was nice so you know, for the most part, all of the other athletes are on school buses, which I've experienced twice before that. So, um, I was excited to experience that this year. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I was excited for you to experience yeah. it. Cause I've, I've done it. I've done it the way you did it last year, but yeah. I wanted to do it the way my athletes yeah, You did. wanted to be with the masses. I wanted to hang out in that field for four hours. <laughs> I wanted you to too. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so you're out, you're out, you get on the coach bus, you have a good trek down to yeah, so we ride out there and it's pouring rain, um, which was, you know, everyone was like, like you could hear like whispers, like, is it going to be like the year before where it was torrential? Um, but it was really humid. Um, so it didn't, it didn't feel like it's going to be this crazy, like if anything, maybe it will rain the whole time, but it, the rain stopped and yeah, it was humid, but it wasn't like anything really to write home about. Um, and uh, then you are ushered in to, um, I guess, like the little schoolhouse it is. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> this it's like, like old New England schoolhouse. Community center yeah. church schoolhouse thingy. Um, yeah. And you're like, you get these like old dingy mats to lay on. Um, so Krista was like setting up all our mats in this quiet corner and um you know the Kenyans are like laying on the ground with their feet in the air getting massages with towels over their faces and 
um, I saw Des before and because I had met her and become, became friends with her in Kenya, I gave her a hug and told her good nice. luck. Nice. It was, uh, and it was really cool because when the, um, the women go off beforehand and it was really amazing to like see her line up first. Um, oh yeah. You know, she's like one my, just, she's one of my favorites. She's yeah. Such, just she's so, such a badass. Yeah. Um, yeah, and, and I mean, like, that was really incredible just to, to like, feel that energy. And then, like, you walk out in a line um, to the start and, like, you know, people kind of, like, jog around in the parking lot before, you know, to warm up. But, um, yeah, that, like, was my, that was my only complaint about is, like, the warm-up area. It's, like, 100 – it's, like, 80 meters back and forth. 80 yeah, meters back and, forth. and everyone's, like, giving each other weird looks. And, oh, you're like, eyeing up the competition. Yeah, it's just strange. Um, but uh, yeah, and then like they, I had like committed to myself that like, you know, if I was going to stand on that start line, I was going to be like have a huge smile on my face. So I did that and like, just really enjoyed it for like everything that it was worth. Um, and then yeah, before you know it, like, it's like any race, like, you. Yeah have time to think and then you don't anymore and you're like okay wait a minute my shoes tied like <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's like did I forget anything it's it's after all it is a race so yeah when you get when you get brought out it's cool because you walk from the schoolhouse and everyone's kind of in their corrals and you're walking by them yeah. and it is kind of a cool like walk up uh so what's that like because you you're like yeah like this has been a goal of yours and yeah. you're there you're living it you're like you're in the elite field you're, you're there at the show you're walking up and to take time to just take it all in. Did you find, did you be able to find some mental clarity to just process yeah. that? I mean, I think there's a sense of um, like, right when we started the training cycle, Dylan sent me an email about, I think like the subject was like, believe. And, um, you know, like part of all of the work, like you can't expect like just to show up on race day and like, to do all these things like you haven't practiced yet. So like I have practiced a lot, like most runners do visualizing what the race was going to be like. I went and ran the course, like I'd done the race twice before. Mm -hmm. So there's really no, like, it's like sports psychology is really powerful when you practice it. Um, so not feeling like I didn't belong, like believing in myself, like believing in my race plan. Um, enjoying like actually like physically being in the moment like these are all like you know things that like you can read on instagram until you actually do it it's yeah <laughs> yeah it, it's in practice yeah yeah so the gun goes off you start heading down the hill yeah uh, you know i pulled a rob watson and i tried to go out front try to win the damn thing <laughs> it's downhill take the hill take advantage of it <laughs> No, I, uh, yeah, no, I just like, I think within like the first mile or two, it spread out and there was a woman from New York who I knew. So we, we were together for a lot of the race. Um, good. Yeah. yeah and, uh, yeah. And then like, I think around, um, 16 miles or so right before the Hills started, um, I could see Krista coming back to me and I thought like, that's weird. Um, and she just wasn't having a good day. Um, so I passed her 
like just after the fire hall when the, when the hills start. Make that right turn. Yeah. Um, and I didn't like, I mean, I think my splits like were pretty even. Um, I don't know. I didn't go back and look at like what I split the course in, but. Um, did you have a time goal or just an ex- like a feeling goal? Or like, you know, yeah, how did you establish goals heading into the race? I think like I, yeah, I mean like Dylan had pulled, like how women have performed over the years and like I had placed 25th before with like a certain with a 251 um obviously there was a, like a pretty large elite women's field this year pretty mm-hmm. competitive and like deep field but you know like let's say like you have the race of your life you run like under 240 or 237 or whatever um you could probably like I think a 236 was like 15th place so um you know like having like pretty like far reaching goals was was good for me and I ended up finishing 35th and top Canadian um and like passing a number of women in the last 10k so that's nice that was really satisfying um and not like because like ha 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 I'm passing people but you know like I felt good and oh uh, yeah yeah running by and being like sucker see you later <laughs> I don't, I don't think you're that personality. Uh, yeah. So during the race, obviously just 26 miles, 42K, uh, yeah. do you remember any kind of challenging moments, you know, senses of doubt because, you know, marathons, there's going to be ups and downs mentally and physically throughout the race. So, you know, when you have those challenging moments in a marathon, how do you tend to kind of process them and, and work through them? Because they're going to happen, right? So is, do you, is there any examples within Boston last year where you experienced that and you have to kind of dig or trick or use some of that sports psychology to get your legs to keep going I I knew that I didn't want to go out like so fast that I would have a really horrible um finish you know like I didn't I wanted to run like within myself um but like it did feel harder and like I guess now like afterwards that it was a humid day um but I also knew that I wasn't going to see like any of my people until like well after halfway mm-hmm. um, so you're just like being patient and then you're seeing like people get so far ahead of you because it's you know like you're not in the masses like it's just yeah. sometimes you um which like I mean obviously I've experienced that in races before but this is like one of the biggest races in the world and that's pretty unnerving um but yeah, there was like a few points where I, I kind of was like, okay, we, I, I know I've like run a lot of this before, but like, this doesn't feel like it's going downhill. Like, I felt <laughs> like I kept going uphill, like, even in the first half. Yeah, like, this is, wait a second, this is supposed to be the easy part. <laughs> oh, no. Where did this hill come from? <laughs> oh, yeah, well, it's, it's, it's net downhill, but there's definitely a little bit of rollers. Yeah. Um, and then like, I remember feeling, I felt hot. So I like ripped my hat off through it. Like, you know, like things that I'm like, yeah, like that, who knows if that helped me or not. But like when you're doing things like that, you're probably not in the best headspace. You know, like you no. never an athlete do this. Sometimes it's just being instinctual. Yeah. It's like, that helped me for 30 seconds. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes that's all you need. You just need to get to the next 30 seconds and reevaluate your situation. I'm not like saying like everyone needs to like chuck their gloves and hats in their next race, but yeah, it help, it works for me sometimes. I don't know why. Um, and then after, I don't know, like maybe 
Yeah, right before the Hills start, um, I saw Jody Bailey, I saw Nicole Stevenson, I started to see people that I knew. I saw my like new teammates from the Brooklyn Chat Club. Um, Michael was on like the third hill in uh on the course. And um yeah, and then like after that, like the crowds just get bigger yeah. and like for whatever reason they just like fill you up and um I, re- I remember thinking like I wish I could run faster for them like like you're like giving it everything you have you're like help <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah or and then like I think also like I had a few moments I'm like stop looking at me like because it was just you and like you're in so much pain oh. like, <laughs> yeah because there are thousands and thousands of thousands and like you were saying at some point when you're in that in the way the field's situated you can be a little isolated yeah, <laughs> and you're just... yeah a little vulnerable yeah absolutely (laughs) i'm just gonna Um, blend in and yeah yeah. sometimes sometimes it's nice to be just part of the masses i agree um so obviously you come you come off heartbreak and then boston like the last 10k of boston are like if if you if you've survived it's quite runnable yeah um when i was there that that ship had sailed long ago but how did you how did you how did you handle the last 10k um I felt great yeah I think like a lot of women and that's when you're just running through the field a lot of women were coming back to me and um at one point the elite men's uh like the lead pack passed me and like that could feel like a little bit like jarring or whatever but it was like really incredible and like it's they have so much momentum that that was actually helpful um yeah, and like makes you focus, like stay in the moment because you have to like watch where the, you you know where you're going, um, like to make it safe for everyone, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. You got to get on the tangents and and and, and yeah. you know, you're still you're still running your own race, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, so what was the what was the most challenging part? Like, I mean, you know, at what point in the race was it like uh, the marathon's really hitting me full force right now? Um, I mean, honestly, like it's, I think when you get far away from a race, it's like we're programmed not to remember pain. Like, I don't know if that makes sense. But oh, no, it's, 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 yeah. it's like a biological or something like that. Right. Cause yeah. Yeah, I was telling something the other day, like every time I hit 30 K 38K in a marathon, I promise I'm never, ever doing it again. <laughs> yeah. And then, and then six months later on the start line. So, yeah. Um, so, I mean, I think that was, like, the first half was definitely harder than the second half, and I think it had to do with, like, the people I saw and, like, just being reminded, like, how incredible it was that I was doing what I was doing. Um, but I had trained. Like, I put in I put in the hard work. Like, the yeah. hard work was done. Yeah. 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 And what um, were some, like, yeah, what were some of the highlights of, you know, along the way? It's like, oh, yeah, something you'll, you'll, you'll when you think about the experience of the race, what, what kind of, you know, sticks out as positive memories? Yeah. I mean, like, I think obviously like, um, hugging Des before the race, lining up on, on the start line with all of those women. Um, like knowing like what was about to happen and like so much that had already happened before we even started um I loved like finally getting to the hills and like knowing I would see my people and like see actually seeing them and like being coherent enough to like raise my hand and wave 
Uh, you <laughs> know, like, on yourself. Yeah, yeah, you're like, wow, I'm, I'm here. And uh, yeah, I think that's like, you know, a big piece of it. And then also just like, I'm glad that I was, um, you know, followed my like fueling plan. Like I didn't like take any like crazy risks that like jeopardized my race or the experience. And like, also just like so grateful that I had a healthy body. Like I could go as fast as I could down Boylston and like run it for myself, you know, like, um, so many people have dreams of that moment. And it's like, I'm, I'm really grateful that I like can say that I've done that three times and like, it's been exceptional every time. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. That's so cool. And that's like, it's, it's, it's such an iconic turn you make on the Boylston street. Yeah. Straight away. Now you can turn it and just start sprinting. Yeah. Uh, but so yeah, like that's, got to be one of the best feelings in any in any event anytime in the, in the marathon you see the finish line you're like thank god yeah. <laughs> but so the Boylston experience so obviously I mean you ran 242 yeah and you placed 35th overall so yeah. I mean that's I don't I mean I don't want to put words in your mouth but I feel like that's a pretty solid day yeah I think it was a solid day I think uh yeah I think I think I I have my reservations like um, that, that like experience isolated was like everything I could have ever wanted it to be. Um, and like, when I think about my full journey as a runner, like I still don't feel like I'm finished doing what I like. I don't know what it is next, but I took another kick at the can in Toronto and like, it didn't go as planned. And like, it's taken me a long time to, um, yeah, to like just like get myself back together and um yeah, I don't know. Like it's 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 been like a big, big process and like I'm kinda looking at this time as like a blessing to to just like refocus and Yeah, um, so yeah, like it and that's like what we were talking about before, you look back at your turn, you're like, Oh my gosh, like but it, it's crazy how when it comes back when you get into a rhythm, it's just it, it comes back. It's there, yeah. right? You've been there yeah. before. But it, but yes, it's the commitment and the work to get back to there. And you really have to like go full in. You can't kind of be like, maybe I'll get back in marathon shape. No, it's no. not full on. So, and I think that's probably like, probably the fear, like a lot of our athletes felt when this, when this all kind of when races were being canceled and plans were changing is that it's like, you've put in all this work and like, you're scared to lose it or mm-hmm. for it to be for nothing. But I think in a way it's like, you take that risk every single time, like you go through a training cycle, like you could have a, a bad outcome or like you could get injured or, you know, it could be like horrendous 33 Celsius weather. Like, it, yep. you know, it's, this is just like another variable. Yeah, it, it is. Right. And it's just like, the thing about running is it's like, the next race is not your last race. It's not like you were going to run and then stop, right? There was always, it's a lifelong journey and we're just, we're on this, we're on this line and here's a little data point, which would have been Boston. Let's just move this data point further down the line. We'll get there eventually. But yeah, it's, it's wrapping your head around all these things and it, and it is, and it's, it's, it's a heck of a sport. It's, it's (laughs) It's a very unique sport in that way, but it's all about consistency. It's all yeah. about just putting, like, with your own journey, right? It's like you run in, you qualified for Boston very early in your career, 
Yeah. And it sparks something. And then you find yourself a decade later on the, on the start line of the leap field, right? Yeah. I mean, if you can talk to 2009, Kate, and be like, this seems like a cool idea, but it's actually going to happen. But it's yeah. going to take thousands and thousands and thousands of miles. Some of these runs are going to suck. Some of these runs are going to be great. You're going to be hurt. You're going to have blisters. You're going to have chafing. You're going to have life happening. But you're yeah. going to get there. So, let's, you know, it's just, it's just it's a lifelong journey, the sport is. So what is, what is next? I mean, you, you finished Boston. It's, did you guys have a, did you go to the after party? Celebrate? Uh, yeah. I had a bunch of my old teammates um, that live in Boston. So I think like every, we've had like five Bostons combined between, you know, myself or Michael. Um, so we always, yeah, go to this same, like, I don't know, it's called like the sail loft bar. It's like this, you know, crappy Boston bar that like everyone knows my friend's name and um, yeah. And, and so that's like always a lot of fun and um, pretty basic, but it's, it's good to like be with like people from other parts of your life that like are part of this all, like this whole other crazy thing. Yeah. It's, it's a great way to connect. Yeah. And such, such a positive environment. Right. Yeah. I love, I love how races bring people together and especially a, a bigger race like Boston, you know, people coming from all over. Yeah. Cause I've had friends who've gone there and like anyone, anyone within like five hour drive, like they'll be there <laughs> yeah. and then and you have a great celebration. So it's fantastic. Awesome. So what is, um, yeah. Do you, obviously we talked about how this quarantine training is changing things and, yeah. um, have you set up any goals or the next little while you just kind of rolling with it as it comes? Um, what, what is your, your coaching? Obviously you're involved with the Brooklyn track club. Yeah. I see that. Uh, so yeah. What, what is, what is, what's your running life looking like for the next six months? Yeah, I think I'm, I think like every runner is kind of on the same page right now where, you know, like maybe you're interested in doing like the time trials kind of thing. Mm -hmm. um, I'm not personally, um, I'm just like grateful if I can get out there and run like a steady progression run. That's like a huge win for me. Probably the runs that like feel the best and most natural, not forced. Yep. Um, hills are really great right now. I think that's like something every runner could, you know, add more like to their week. Um, and then I think just like everyone waiting to like do our part staying home running solo and uh once things like kind of change like i know like maybe in september we'll all be hanging out in boston again like i as me as a fan um you as a runner on the school bus okay. <laughs> <laughs> um i'm also registered for the new york city marathon um so who knows right like we don't we can't predict the future like mm -hmm early november let's really hope it really really hope that happens but i think that's i think that's it's a great like it's just kind of in like early base right now just yeah. strength running uh we don't know when it's going to happen but when it happens let's let's yeah. be fresh mentally and physically but also ready to go um and i think that's that's probably a pretty sound advice <laughs> a pretty good place to be yeah um so thank you so much for taking the time to chat today um do you have any you know where can we follow you with your training um stay connected with you um yeah 
what yeah I mean do you have, do you have the Instagram or anything like that yeah I mean obviously I have Instagram I'm I have a weird Instagram handle it's at a true world um but that was like it kind of was inspired by like my traveling um but sometimes I like write things for miles to marathon um yes yeah, so you do you write really quality stuff yeah <laughs> so you can um reach me there obviously and uh yeah, I mean, we have such an incredible team of coaches and with so much expertise and a really strong community. And um, yeah, I mean, that's that's where we'll all be. And like, as things like get better and we like return to normalcy, like we're just going to ramp up, like, you know, what we're like already doing. Yeah, we're not going anywhere as a community. Yeah. <laughs> we're just tweaking things a little bit right now. Yeah. That's <laughs> all. Awesome, Kate. Well, thank you so much. Give my regards to Cause. I will. And uh, stay, stay safe, strong. stay healthy, and stay positive because, you know, it's, it's, you know, really appreciate your outlook on all this. Yeah, thank you so much. All right. Take care. I'm going to pause this real quick. <laughs>